Welcome back to the Talk Shop Podcast. We have had back-to-back-to-back episodes because I have an eye surgery coming up. It's called PRK. Uh, It's pretty safe, and I'm excited. I won't have to wear glasses anymore, but there's a long healing period, so we're getting some content out of the way. This episode is with the one and only Stephen Yalowitz. My best friend, I love this guy to death. He's the one that got me on the content wave. And because of him, I'm posting the way I am today. And Steve has such a fantastic journey to share that if you don't listen to it carefully, you won't really appreciate it. We talked about getting him on the podcast for a while to get people to make more decisions and pursue their passions rather than just what makes the most sense at that very moment. Right, Because you never know where your career is going to take you or what your passions are going to do for you. Steve dives into that, and I hope you guys learn something and take action from what you hear from Steve. Enjoy the podcast, and we'll be back soon. You are now listening to Talk Shop with Alan Evgy. Well, Steve, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. You're one of the founding members of this podcast, right? If I remember correctly. (laughs) Talk Shop with Alan Evgy. I'm so happy to have you, man. We've been talking about this for a while, and finally you're back from all your crazy traveling until you go again. So introduce yourself to those that don't know you. Well, hello. My name is Steven Yalowitz, or Steve Yallow, as I go on social media. Um, What do I say? A lot of people know me because I like to travel. Um, Right after college, I decided to leave my corporate marketing job. Oh, Oh, someone's getting a phone call. Damn, I didn't put Do Not Disturb on. Wow the first time that's ever happened on the Lawn Avenue podcast. Yeah. All right, keep going. Tell what us the story. All right, so my story, I mean, is so much, I guess we'll tell more of pieces of my story as this podcast goes on, but yeah. just a brief general overview. Um, I'm originally from Long Island, New York. We actually went to the same high school. Alana and I went to the same high school. Shout out, Connect High School. <laughs> um, I was a little older, so we didn't really know each other too well in high school. It wasn't until after high school we started connecting and um, getting to know each other a little bit better. I ended up going to Suffolk for a couple years. I transferred to the University of Central Florida. I was studying marketing and advertising. And it wasn't until my senior year that I got introduced to travel in the way that I wasn't used to. Like not just a vacation, but really a pretty insane travel experience. The Red Bull Challenge, as I've told you before. But for anyone not familiar... Um, I was a senior in high school, a senior in college, and I heard about this crazy travel challenge hosted by Red Bull called Can You Make It? And the whole premise of this challenge was they sent teams to travel across Europe for one week with no money. And it was an insane challenge. Of course, it was hosted by Red Bull, so everything they do is extreme. And I heard about it, and I thought to myself, I need to do this. For some reason, I just thought I need to do this. And that was one of the first moments of my life that unlocked this passion like really before that I don't remember anything that I really wanted so bad other than you know I really wanted to participate in this challenge so I heard about it you need to make a video to apply I did it went on Rebel's website you need to get people to vote for it and I campaigned so hard were you working at Isaiah at this time I had an internship for Isaiah the influencer marketing company yes so this is an influencer marketing company that I was interning at and um, yeah, I heard about this crazy travel challenge and I needed to participate 
And I did. I ended up getting enough people to vote for my team. It was an insane application process. And they, Red Bull flew me and two of my best friends to Florence, Italy. And we had one week to travel through six countries. We ended up traveling from Italy, Slovenia, Austria, Germany, Switzerland, and finally ending in Paris, France. And it was only one week. It was a week full of insane challenges and just constantly living outside of my comfort zone. And it taught me a lot about myself. It introduced me into the idea of travel outside of vacation style travel. And when I returned, I was living in Orlando at the time. When I returned, that internship that I was working offered me a full-time job. So of course I gladly accepted. Um, And I was really excited to start working because this is my first real job offer. I mean, I've been working ever since I've been old enough to work, but nothing like a career type of job. And this this is what I would consider a real career start. Um, so of course I was excited, but after a few months, that excitement just wore off and I really just wanted to travel more. And I started trying to understand what I like to do and analyzing myself. And I found myself spending almost all of my free time and all of my breaks at work or any time I had editing videos because I would take my little GoPro on adventures and just make fun videos. And I loved doing that. And it just clicked one day like, oh, wait, this I love doing this. Why am I not doing this more? And one thing I learned from that Red Bull challenge that I try to apply in every aspect of my life is the idea that you can do anything. And I think you live by a very similar mindset of you can do anything, you can do anything. And that's the first time I really learned that and experienced it. So I started telling myself, you can do anything. And when I realized that I like making videos and I was working at a corporate marketing company and I did not enjoy that anymore and I thought you can do anything why are you here it just it just made so much sense to just leave and pursue the things that I love to do which for me at the time was making videos and traveling so So at the time you picked up and you started your travels around Asia yeah so I eventually left my job I sold or got rid of almost all of my material possessions and I bought a one-way ticket to Thailand with intention to just travel live my life in an exciting way and figure out how to grow and learn the things that i like to do and how are you making money back then uh a few different ways well first i saved up enough money to where i gave myself a little cushion what's enough money for me i saved up ten thousand dollars so you saved up 10 grand in this job you taught yourself how to make videos you picked up and went to thailand yeah and sold all your possessions and you had 10 grand. Yep. So I had maybe a little bit more than 10 grand, but I told myself 10 grand. This is like my cushion. I have 10 grand to figure out how to, how to make an income doing something I enjoy more. And also, there was a big premise of doing something in an exciting way. That's something I really valued a lot as well. Like doing something for me that I thought was exciting yeah. and figuring out how to generate an income doing that but it was more so the exciting part i wanted to pursue excitement and that was my goal and then i you know obviously you need money to survive you need to to generate income so okay how can i do something exciting that is going to make some money and for me it was videography so i started traveling i had almost no experience professionally with videography but i realized you know every professional was once an amateur you have to start somewhere how many years ago was this this was in when i first left to go to thailand that was in april of 2017 got it 
So for four years. Yeah, four years ago. That's when I bought my first property, April of 2017. Seriously? Yes. Wow. We April bo- of 2017. We both made a life-changing decision on April of April of 2017. That's incredible. And we ended up connecting and and forming this because I was working with you. Uh, well, I, I mean, I was traveling full time until COVID shut the world down. Yeah. So then I, I, and it was going great. I've like, I'm skipping over a lot, but in those over three years of full time travel, I learned so much, not just in, in the idea of making videos, but also just life. I learned so much about myself, about the world, about people. How about... many different countries did you go to in that time frame up until COVID when you stopped? Um, just a, over a little bit over thirty, I think. Wow. Yeah. So thirty over, countries. Yeah, and just and I spent a lot of time in each country too. It's traveling full time, like just full time travel. And at that time, how were you making money? When I first left, um, I obviously wasn't making money making videos yet, but that was my goal. So I was making videos, but then I had a little bit of experience with marketing, and back in 2017, the term influencer marketing was something that. A lot of people in the marketing world knew, like everyone recognized the value of working with social media influencers, but a lot of brands didn't know how to execute that properly. So then my one real career experience was working with an influencer marketing company. So I just went on freelance sites and called myself an influencer marketing expert. And I worked with a few very small brands who wanted influencers to talk about their brand but had no idea how to execute that or didn't have the time or resources. So that's what I did for a few months while I was traveling. I just worked remotely, um, connecting brands with influencers. And it was, it was very small scale, just, uh, just you know, very part-time work. But you know, that wasn't my passion. I was more passionate about travel and video. Yeah. So I only did that for a few months when I first started traveling. So your career gave you that cushion to go travel, that $10,000 cushion. Your passion, right, your hobby became your hustle. Yeah. Right? You were traveling around the world. And then you took what you learned from that career and turned it into your tiny business while you were traveling just to keep you afloat until the passion turned into a full-time company. Mm -hmm. And then I started connecting with more people. I started a YouTube channel. So I started getting a little bit of traction on that. So there was some income coming from YouTube. It took a long time to make income. From How YouTube. many followers do you have on YouTube? Subscribers? Um, right now, like 63,000, which hasn't grown at all in the past year. Because like a year ago, I hit like 62,000. And in the past year, I haven't really put much effort into growing my YouTube channel at all. Why is that? Um, I've a few different reasons. Um, I have been focusing a little bit more of my effort in other places, uh, trying to diversify my experience. I was working with you a lot. Like I, I was about to get into this before, but I was traveling full time until COVID shut the world down. And you spend a lot, you're spending time on TikTok. Yeah, you're going I actually, viral on TikTok. My TikTok followers has recently surpassed my YouTube account. So I don't know. I spent a lot of time and energy making YouTube videos and. It's it's tiring. And I was hitting this point where I was realizing I was making videos because I felt like I had to and not because I want to. And that's where I it just clicked like, okay, I'm going to take a step away from this because I I love the reason I started doing this is because I love doing it and I don't want to lo- lose that love for it. Yeah. Know? Yeah, and you're a passionate guy. Exactly. And I I wanted to take a little break from it because it started turning into something different and my intentions started changing and I, I, 
I really love doing it. I, I was doing it too much to the point where it started getting stressful. So fast forward, right? You get to COVID. COVID hits. The world shuts down. You stop traveling. And then we started working together. Yeah, well, I came home to New York. And I every time I would come home to New York, I would always get in contact with you because you're always up to something interesting. You yeah. know, you're a very young guy doing most things that are way above what the average person your age is doing. So that's inspiring. And it's, Thank you. I try to surround myself with people who are going to motivate me to be better. And, it's, you know, you are the product of the people you surround yourself with. So I would always touch base with you every time I came home to see what you were up to. And I remember like a year prior, I came home and you were just doing something so interesting. Like the business that you get involved with and how you conduct this business and how you have this confidence to carry yourself and do this is admirable. And I saw it when I was hanging out with you and I thought, this is interesting. You should be sharing some of this. And you wanted to, but you're just too busy actually doing the business things to be able to focus on creating content or anything. So that was like a year prior. That was in like 2019. I think we talked about that. And we started the discussion and then in 2020, it was like, all right, time to act. Yeah. So I said, you know, I couldn't really travel. My whole life was travel and that shut down completely. So I realized, okay, I can't just only focus my attention on the travel industry because I started working with brands all around the world. Um, I was getting flown to different parts of the world to film interesting things. And I loved it and it was incredible, but it was all in the travel and tourism industry. Um, And it was growing tremendously. Like year three of my full-time travel, I was working with tourism boards. I was getting paid for marketing campaigns to film things for big companies in the tourism industry. And then 2020 came around and all of my clients, their business just got turned upside down. So instead of having the opportunity to travel and go film things, that was not even an option anymore. So I had to sit back and think, okay, what can I do now? And I, I wasn't panicking or anything. I wasn't, I wasn't upset. It was just the time. Okay, let's let's re, refocus. Let's pivot a little bit. So I came home to New York and I got in contact with you. And I said, hey, I know you've, you're interested in sharing some videos and making some content. I can't travel right now. And we decided, we, we came to an agreement where we would work together for three months. And then that three months turned into six months to eight months and almost a year we worked together. Yeah. And then, you know, travel started picking up a little bit. The restrictions started. You know. How was your experience working here with me in Long Island in a it, totally different world? In, to be honest, it changed my life. It, and I say that in, in a way that's very positive because it gave me a different outlook on so many things. Now, we were talking about this last night. I was looking online last night trying to find a, my first property to yeah, invest in. rental property, yeah. That would never happen if I didn't spend time with you here and just get exposed to the world of investing and just the idea of business investing. So I was de- I'm definitely inspired by you, and I think that has made a, a positive impact on me too. I, within the next few years, I think I will we'll be living differently like coming here because of the pandemic because of working with you changed the trajectory of my focus for in a good way yeah your dad told me over and over again i've never seen steve motivated to do something by money at all (laughs) and now his passion is colliding with money and it's incredible to see the person he's become isn't that awesome right we evolve as people so like you you have 10 times the money you had when you started saving now 
right? Because you coll- you basically collaborated your passion with the business world, and now you have the best of both worlds. It's a remote world living, so you still get to work remote and travel the world, but now you get to really act on the business opportunities that should have been in front of you for years that you grew into, and now you can build a real company while still pursuing your passions. It's incredible. So, yeah, it's really interesting because now I'm able to combine all of that. So none of this would have happened if I didn't make that crazy decision to just pick up and leave and travel. I'm really glad I did that. Yep. And because of that, I was able to focus more on my passions like videography, travel. And now I'm combining that with some marketing as well. So now I, one of the reasons I stopped working with you is because I had an opportunity to work with a company and I'm directing the marketing for a financial company right yeah. now which is really interesting i would have never expected this to happen i remember when you got the call and yeah. we were so excited yeah and it's all remote so i could work from anywhere so if i can work from anywhere why not go somewhere i enjoy like next next month i'll go spend some time in mexico maybe go down to costa rica and you just got back from puerto rico yeah so i still have the opportunity to travel and uh pursue my my freedom i i i I focus a lot on my my ability to stay free, but also combine that with my passions and do the things I enjoy. So to people that want to travel and pick up right now and just go, right? A lot of people have that urge. What do you suggest as a form of income or just security type of skills they should pick up or things they should do if they want to go and just do that? Um, I always relate it to finding something you enjoy. So um, for me, if I were to look back and thought about um, getting paid making videos when I was like a teenager, I would have thought, no way, I'm not, I'm not good enough, right? You, I lacked the confidence for that. But I always try to encourage people to first not make it about money, make it about something you enjoy doing, and then figure out a way to make money around that. So for me, it was traveling and making videos. That's what I personally like to do. Not everyone would be comfortable traveling in the way that I did because when I first left, I was on such a low budget. Yeah. I told you this many times. I was couch surfing. I was barely spending any money. I was trying to skate by with the smallest, lowest budget. And it was fun for me. I'm a very frugal person. So that was like a, an exercise of trying to do as much as I can for the smallest amount of pay. But basically, back to your question of how, how would someone want to... To tr- if you really want to travel, you will make it happen. If you really want to, just like you say all the time, if you really want to invest in a property, you will. But if you think about it and oh, maybe I want to, I don't know, it's kind of something I'm interested in, you're not going to do it. But if you really want to make it happen, just as much as if you want to breathe, you know, you're going to breathe. If you want to travel, do it. There might be things holding you back. You might have complications. I understand. But if you want to make it happen, just do it. There's no easy way to say that. Give us some examples of ways that you've seen people make money while traveling outside of just creating content. Oh, so many things. There's plenty of freelance websites now between Upwork and Fiverr. Also, a great way to get started is volunteering. I've done this many times. There's websites like Workaway and HelpX. These are websites where you can find opportunities for people who are willing to host you for free in exchange for some work, whether that be 
uh, a very common one is like farm work, right? But then there's other stuff. Like I found this woman in Bali who owned two villas and she wanted someone to make videos and take photos of her villas. So that's perfect for me. So I didn't get paid through that opportunity, but it extended my travels. What, what about for people good with their hands that have absolutely no camera skills? There's so many opportunities. I would Even with the cost of labor being so low in some of these countries? Yeah, because you might not be able to make as much money, but also where we are from, things are much more reliant on having more money. Things are expensive here. If you go somewhere like Southeast Asia, it could be much more affordable. You know, the dollar stretches way further there. And it's also not only required to make money. You know, for me, I was also prioritizing experience. I wasn't focused on where am I going to get money from? I was focused on what's an interesting thing I can do, right? I, I, if I need money, I will figure out a way to make money. But for now, let's do something cool. Let's have fun. Let's live life in an interesting way. Got it. You know? Yeah, definitely. What potential do you see? coming out of doing something like this with collaborating your business and your passion? Like, where do you see this going? The beautiful thing that I always um, try to appreciate and understand is the idea of the unknown, right? So when I first left to travel, I was talking about how I'm pursuing the unknown. As long as you do something productive that's going to help you grow and it's positive, good things will come from it. And you can't always predict what's going to happen. You can't predict that you're going to meet this person who's going to connect you to this person who might have this random opportunity. And then from there, you might meet someone else. And then, boom, you're growing. And then you have so many different opportunities that you would have never predicted. And I have so many stories to give examples of that. But it's just the idea of pursuing the unknown with good intention. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. And then personally. Yeah. Like aside from just any like potential, personally, where do you see your company going in the next three to five years? It's interesting because there's a few different paths I can take, right? Um, I've already proved to myself that if I wanted to start a production company, I could. I could absolutely do that. I don't want to do that right now because it will ground me a little bit more to a physical location. Not that I want to do that right now. Um, but even like working with you and work, I started getting more clients and I started branching out and more opportunities came from that. Um, but I, I didn't really want to do that yet. Um, I still am holding on to this idea of creating social media content. That's fun for me. I like to yeah. do it. It's not nearly as profitable as running a digital marketing business, but, and that's also another way that's, that's a very strong possibility right now. I have, a few clients right now that I manage all of the digital marketing for. I have a partner. Shout out to Alex. He's my partner. In- Alex from college. <laughs> Shout out. Alex Edwards. He's, he's a good friend of mine from college. He's a, a wizard with the back end of all these advertising platforms. And I'm more experienced with the content creation and understanding what to create. We make a great team. So that's a very likely scenario where we start growing this marketing business and then we branch out i hire some more people i manage people and that's that's a strong possibility on a different note since this podcast and my career is built on uh, real estate yeah how's real estate outside of the u.s from your experience what do you see people doing how are they monetizing what's like the best angle to hit it at and just 
talk about your experiences and real estate. Also, I'm interested in growth markets outside of the U.S. Like you've told me sometimes about places randomly in Mexico or whatever. It's the next hot spot. I might be wrong. I might just be throwing out Mexico, but you've mentioned places. Like just talk about that a little bit and what you've seen. Yeah, so it's not... It wasn't until now that I have that mindset. Like I traveled a lot around Southeast Asia and Europe and South America, and I didn't have that outlook. I wasn't really paying attention or looking for real estate opportunities, um, but now I am. <laughs> so I recently went to Puerto Rico, and all I could think about was, oh man, I want to get a rental property here. Like I want to, I want to buy a property and rent it out on Airbnb and live here when I can and when I want to. Um, and talking about like emerging markets, there are definitely some markets related to the tourism industry that I see have huge potential that I don't even want to say on this podcast right now because I don't want people to know about it. Yeah. I'll tell you privately. Sounds but good. There's a few places uh, in Mexico that I know are just going to blow up. And take Tulum, for example. You know, 10 years ago, Tulum was not popular. I mean, it was like it was kind of known, but, but it wasn't it the wasn't Tulum it is, it is today. Yeah. yeah, and those places exist. Like, for example, Tulum ten years ago. Those places exist right now in many places, and if you go there, you can get a sense of it. But Tulum's next level. You think there's other What's, places like what that? What is next level about Tulum? It's just the the place to go, right? Why? Why though? I don't know. All the driving factors are over there. Everybody wants to be there. It's the vibes, the energy, the beach, the one main strip that everybody goes down in that nightlife. Again, it's crazy. And I just put it on Do Not Disturb. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. No more TikTok live. Yeah. I mean, with what you're saying about Tulum, what makes it special is the fact that that's what is known. Like, how many other places can you name in Mexico? Cabo, uh, not many. Yeah. And like Mexico is huge, but people talk about Cabo and Tulum and Cancun, right? Or Mexico City, but people don't really go to vacation there as much. Which shout out Tassos leaving us to Mexico City uh, in the next couple weeks. (laughs) But there are so many other places that are incredibly beautiful and have so much potential that I'm trying to keep my eye on to, to notice. And also, that's just Mexico. I want you to talk about the experience you had in Puerto Rico, that Airbnb you stayed at where you FaceTimed me and told me the numbers and everything right away. Just give a quick rundown on how that looked. Remember it was nine units or something like that? uh, This woman, I showed up at this Airbnb. I never, I, I, I haven't, yeah, I showed up at the Airbnb. I met the host. She was outside. She was a blonde white woman and... Immediately, I saw like, wow, she looks not Puerto Rican. So yeah. I started asking her like, wow, this is a really nice place. It was a, a was night. she from America. She was from Utah. And okay. she moved here a month ago. Like when I saw her uh, with her six children. Wow. So they were just like, it looked like a cartoon family. Like, what are you doing here? Like in the mountains of Puerto Rico. Yeah. Like, what's going on? You don't. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know. And they didn't even speak Spanish at all. So I started, wow. yeah, I started asking her questions like, what is this property? Like, how'd you find this? And she, she was telling me how, um, they bought this property. They painted it. They painted the whole building blue. So it looked cool. And they just made some basic renovations after staying there. It wasn't the nicest place, but it was, it was nine units, right? It was a nine unit property. She took the top three units and it was renting out the, the bottom six on, Airbnb 
Um, I forget the numbers. I th- I, do you remember what I told you? I think it was like 60 something dollars a night you told me. Yeah, 60 to 70 dollars a night. So she had six units at, let's say, 60 dollars a night. And, and it was fully occupied, right? Yeah. When you were there. Yes. And Alana found on some listing site, she found the purchase price. I also don't remember what it's the like purchase price was. like 200000 I think it was less. Really? I think it was like... One hundred and seventeen thousand. I think. Or did we do the math and it was all in two hundred thousand once she was done with the renovations yeah, and everything? Like very, very low compared to what you would. So find. she's got six units times seventy a night, so four twenty a day, hypothetically, right? And multiply that by thirty days in a month. But that also is full capacity, which yeah. is rare. That's which not. We'll deduct vacancy factor. So 12600 and she gets to live there. And, yes, and she's living there for free with her kids. So let's deduct 20%. Assume she's vacant 20% of the time, which is really rare because Puerto Rico's popping right now. Everybody's there. You told me when you were there in the middle of a random week with nothing going on, it was full. Yeah. Which is fascinating, right? So deduct 25, 20. I mean, she's managing it herself. But you still got to figure out management costs. And then how are utilities over there? Do you know anything about that? I don't know the cost of utilities or anything. No idea? I'm not sure. No. So I guess I would just say gross, like a gross number. She's bringing in $10,080 a month before utilities, taxes, all those other costs. Weren't the taxes like 2500 bucks? It was, yeah, it wasn't a year. Crazy, yeah. It was so she, low. She's probably clearing there conservatively like over 70 grand a year. Yeah. It, again, it dep- there are some other factors that go into it, but yeah, I mean, it was crazy. I saw this, I was just, I, my brain started thinking, start, the wheel started turning, wow, I, I could do something like this. But then, to be fair, I went to another Airbnb, and it was just so much better. How much was that per night? It was probably the same price, but it was it was much smaller, it was just like the bottom section of someone's home, and they were really cool. But like little things that I started realizing that she... She's new to Airbnb, but once people stay here, it's also dependent on the experience. They're people, not coming back, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, like, I would not go back to that place. Like a few things, like it, it, there was just a few things missing, and it wasn't great. And there was, I don't mind that there's no air condition. That doesn't really bother me. But when there's no air condition, you have to keep the windows open. She had like ten roosters around the property wow. that were like right outside my window, which you know, as I travel, I'm used. To that, people have chickens. People have roosters. But not everybody's Steve Yallo. Right outside my window every morning at six a.m. Like all for so loud. You're really good at that. Can you give another one to the people? (laughs) (laughs) But even just that, like that, I don't mind. That's not going to bother me. I'm not going to, you know, say anything to her. But that's going to bother someone. She's going to get some bad reviews, and people will see that, and then they'll question, "Do I want to go there?" So little things like that, like. There's other things that added up. It's too. still a home run, no matter which way you cut the math. Because if she's bringing $10,080 a month after 20% vacancy factor. Yeah, she's going to be killing it. And then you multiply that by 12, let's say 120000 a year, deduct, 10%, deduct 20% management costs. Say another 10% of the people don't show up. Utilities and taxes and maintaining the property. She's clearing 60000 70000 Another thing you have to consider is this is run through Airbnb. So you're, I just gave you the price I paid. You're right. She doesn't get that. There's Airbnb fees. There's other fees involved. I, that was $60 with 
with all the fees involved. So you do have to take that into consideration as well. It will yeah. be significantly lower. Even even if she makes fifty thousand dollars a year over there, yeah. she's making twenty five percent on her money if she was all in. Yeah. And she gets three units to live in. Yeah, it's crazy. With her family. So it's like house hacking, but yeah. with Airbnb. And it's in paradise. Like it was in such a beautiful location. It's incredible. Except for the roosters. Except for the roosters, but it's okay. I can, she's on the third floor. She doesn't have to deal with that. I was on the first floor right next to the roosters. <laughs> oh, there were three floors. And was that overlooking like the water or something? Yeah, it was It was from the from the rooftop, from uh, from the third floor. You could see the ocean. You could see the mountains. And it's still U.S. territory. Yes. They're still protected by U.S. laws. Yes. Interesting. I'd love to know what the eviction laws are like in Puerto Rico. Yeah, I don't know. We should look into that. Maybe we'll do something over there. Yeah, maybe next time you have me on the podcast, we'll be talking about our breakdown of our investment 20-unit building yeah. in Puerto Rico. <laughs> I'm down. You know that. All right, Stevie. So what what are you going to do to become better? What's next? What are you going to do to become better? How can you be better at what you're doing? That's a great idea. I'm, that's a great question. Um, I'm constantly trying to improve. I don't have a magical answer of how I'm getting better. I just want to, right? And that's... That's important. Um, I try to constantly just practice my craft, whether it's videography or learning more or reading more. You've inspired me to read more and staying healthy as well. Like it's not all just about business or travel for me. It's making sure my body's in good condition and I can stay happy and healthy. Cool. Yeah. And on a final note. Final note. From the expert himself, where do you see social media going? What platforms are popping off? Uh, we know the answers to that briefly, right? But talk a little bit more in detail. What's popping off? Why? And where do you see it heading? So obviously right now, TikTok is very popular. Um, and it's funny, when TikTok first started getting popular, I didn't think much about it. I actually despised it a little bit. Um, I also have a love-hate relationship with social media. I love it because I've been able to connect with so many people and, and it's encouraged me to do so many different things. I've learned so much just from things on social media. But it's dangerous because it's it's literally designed to be addictive to the human brain, right? Yeah. These platforms are getting better and better with trying to keep us engaged and that's why TikTok is doing so well, because the algorithm is very smart. It, it tries to learn what you like to watch, what you like to engage with, and just the style of just the endless scroll. Um, it recently dawned on me how big TikTok is and how wide the audience is when I was at a family party and my uncle, who's like in his 60s, pulled out his phone and was talking about how he loves TikTok so wow. much. Wow. And then I was at um, I was at another event and there were some, some older guys playing poker and I saw them in between their hands, like they had 30 seconds, take out their phone and look at TikTok. Like, what? These older men, not to say, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's really surprised me because... Most people look at TikTok and say that's an app for kids. Yeah. But it, it, it was. Originally was developed as an app called Musical.ly. It was an app where it was mostly the younger generation getting on, singing and dancing. And then they rebranded and they tried to just expand to more than just music and dance. And they did successfully. And you can't compete with it now. 
like tic, uh, Instagram can't compete with TikTok anymore. They tried to. They put reels in to try and steal it. That's what they did with stories and, and Snapchat. Yeah. Back in the day when Snapchat was getting really, really popular, they had a stories feature. And that was new to social media. I remember. Are yeah. you still on Snap? I have it, but I don't really use it. I don't either. Yeah. Instagram successfully um, stunted the growth of Snapchat. They as far as we know. They didn't kill Snapchat, but they definitely stunted the growth because it was growing a lot. And then Instagram said, hey, that's a good feature. We're going to take it in and we're going to introduce it to our users. And it's the same exact thing. They if, if you can't buy them, destroy them. Yeah. The Mark Zuckerberg way. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what they tried to do with, with TikTok and it didn't work. And now I, I think Instagram is, is kind of just a mess. It's all over the place. There's too many functionalities on Instagram, it's too much of a business platform where people don't want it to be. They're focusing too much on the shopping feature where I don't think that many people actually use Instagram to shop. Um, and TikTok is just simple. So I think more, there will be more social media platforms that come out. Clubhouse was the wave. You remember that? Yeah, it, it came. It was very popular and it kind of started you know, fizzling out a little bit. It's still going strong, but not nearly as strong as it was. I'm not on it anymore. Yeah. And there will be other social media platforms that come and go. And for someone like you and me who are, you know, trying to focus on our business, it's important to stay relevant with the current Always. social media trends. So instead of just blowing it off like, eh, that's stupid. Like, it's good to understand what the positives are, but also be aware of what the negatives are, right? There are a lot of negative drawbacks of these social media platforms, as I was saying. So yeah, it's... It's dangerous, and we won't even know the effects of this until five, ten years from now when we have studies to show what happened when children were exposed to these apps, and they don't have the awareness or the ability to have as much self-control as we do, where we can say, I have better things to do, I need to get off this app. But someone who's younger doesn't have the ability to do that. In the meantime, we have to keep leveraging social media. I have to thank social media for a ton of my growth and the people that I work with. I don't use Indeed or Monster or any of those job searching yeah. websites. I just post my stuff and and you know attract good people or sift through and pick the good people. But imagine trying to grow a rental real estate company back in the 1970s before social media existed and people knew who you were. Yeah. I couldn't imagine how difficult it was back then, let alone how difficult it is now. You know, but having that power, that social platform in front of you where you could just click a button and people start to recognize what you know and what you're doing, it's it's game changing. It's powerful. It really is powerful. Just the connections you can make alone. If you take advantage and use social media to the positive benefits, there is a lot to take advantage of. In the 1970s, 80s, or 90s, as a traveler, <laughs> you'd have to work in the kitchens, right? Or in the field to make your money. Yeah, it was, yeah. Traveling back in the 70s, 80s, 90s was a much different game. Now it's it's much easier. Now. Today you could be the digital nomad. Yeah, that's, that's a very popular term. And that's what a lot of people refer to me as, a digital nomad. The fact that I am able to travel and I don't even have one place that I uses my base i come back to new york a lot because my family is here but i'm rather nomadic and i like that i have the ability to pick up and go wherever whenever but it's because of my ability to stay digitally connected well steve my digital nomad friend i love you i'm happy that we finally did this together i love you too man it's good to have you here man boom awesome talk shop podcast out. <laughs> we out. <laughs>
You are now listening to Talk Shop with Elon Evgi. Okay, that podcast was, excuse my French, f***ing awesome. I love you, Steve. You're the man. You're so cool, and I hate that you leave me all the time, but it makes sense. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, comment, do whatever you have to do just to get more content in front of you. Give Steve a like and follow, too. The guy deserves it. Drop a comment on his posts saying that you saw him on this podcast and that you appreciate what he said. And if you have anything kind to tell him, shoot him a DM, too. I bet he would appreciate it. Share this with other world travelers or people that you think could find value out of listening to somebody as inspirational as Steve. And I really hope you guys enjoyed it and took something from it. Thanks for tuning in. See you guys soon.